What's up, guys? This is Roland Buck III. I play Noah Sexton on Chicago Med, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Hey, Shy Hearts, welcome back to episode 49 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today, we are going to go ahead and cover Chicago Med, season three, episode 12, entitled Born This Way. As always, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Gina. I'm joined by Bryna. Hello, everybody. We promise Ashley exists. We just miss her terribly. Yeah, she's still alive. She's still alive. She's just busy. Yeah. Making her money, doing her thing. Yeah, new job, new adjustment. So, you know how it goes. Yeah. Yep, we miss her. So, as always, we like to go ahead and start with the news. And this is a pretty big week in one Chicago land. Between Fire's two-hour movie and then this is apparently the last week of PD before we don't know when. Yeah. Don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's a busy week. So we got an article from TV Guide this week. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying we touched on this last episode, but TV Guide is notorious for the most clickbaity headlines. I swear. Yeah, didn't they do? And I mean, was the, the one we talked about last time where they were like, a Bretonio baby's coming? Uh, yeah. Did we talk about that? I don't think we did. Or no, we talked about the someone's going to die. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. But they also had some really bad clickbaity ones this week, such as a Bretonio baby. Um, yeah. what else? Oh, they had some crazy ones this week because when they happen, we always put them in the group text and then proceed to judge for like the next 10 minutes. Yeah, like I understand that, you know, it's something that's going to possibly happen, but like that is just such a clickbaity title. Mm-hmm. That's like my biggest pet peeve. For real. It's also part of the reason why Twitter is like set ablaze when these episodes happen and what happens in the articles they're reading don't happen. Yeah, and I think especially for the Bretonio one, which is obviously not the one we're even getting ready to talk about, but the Bretonio one especially because I think, you know, Bretonio really is an act of social media hype. And, you know, obviously they planted it in first without anybody knowing about it. But, you know, I think the reason they've come back to it time and time again is because of the fan reaction, because of the social media hype that it's gotten. And so I think that's part of the problem with this is when you get all the fans so hype about something, you're like, oh, my God, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And then it doesn't happen. Then they start yelling in Derek's, poor Derek's mentions, and it just gets too much, and it's not worth it. Exactly, exactly. Um, Derek's going to need some protection from his mentions for the two-hour movie. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, you could say that about any episode of Fire ever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. We'll save that all for Sunday. But the whole reason, yeah, we will say, oh, all of it for Sunday. Um, We are going to spill all of the tea. Did I say that right? Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, yeah, and we're also recording the two-hour movie recap with Jessica T. So we're really excited about that to have a special guest, and that'll be a lot of fun. We'll be recording in the morning, actually, so we're both going to be like, we're all going to be exhausted, but it's going to be very tired yelling. Yeah. It'll be good, though. It'll be good. But the reason we talk about these clickbaity headlines is because TV Guide dropped an article this week, and the headline is, 
Jay Halstead is dropping by Chicago Med for some brotherly bonding. It's a pretty innocent headline, right? Yeah. But then you get into the thick of the article, and apparently they're going to be talking relationships. Oh, dear God. Yup. I think this episode is coming in mid-April. Yeah, it's supposed to come mid-April. So if we take this article... Plus what Jesse said in his meet and greet when he said, you know, given what we're filming right now, yes, I think Jay is completely over Aaron. And what he said in his meet and greet about how Med is the more relationship focused show. So it makes sense that you see more Halstead brothers on Med. They're giving us Upstead, aren't they? They've got to be giving us Upstead. Like, but I don't what else is Jesse got to talk about in terms of romance? Or Jay. Sorry, well, I, Jay. I think Will is supposed to be having issues with Nat when this rolls around. But yeah. I don't think I'd be taking relationship advice from my younger brother, whose knee-jerk reaction was to propose to the girl he had broken up with only a few episodes earlier. Yeah. And who almost went out with said girl that you're having problems with. That, too, I try to block it from memory. (laughs) Yeah, I'm never going to block that out, unfortunately. Yeah, it's just, I just, I don't know. I'm curious to see, I mean, we're recording this literally like an hour and a half before this week's PD airs. And this week's PD is the big Upton um, episode. And so I'm curious to see, and we've kind of been through teasers and things like that. You know, we've kind of learned that, you know, this is supposed to be the episode where Jay is there for Upton. And so I'm really curious to see how this changes that dynamic. And especially if this is the last PD episode for, you know, a couple of weeks, where does this leave off in terms of like, you know, because Med's going to pick up then before that next PD episode airs. So where does this, I don't know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, how does this- I thought- end in terms of like because if we don't see anything else after what airs tonight then whatever airs tonight is going to lead into this med episode in terms of the upton j relationship i felt really good about this upton episode until just now and now i'm nervous sorry but like it's true like i mean you know if we don't get another pd episode next week then whatever happens tonight has to lead into this conversation because it'll have been the last thing we've seen on PD before this. Presumably. Oh, God. If they kiss tonight, I'm going to have a nightmare. <laughs> Gina, stop. I wasn't even thinking of that. Stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is too much. I was just thinking, like, what if he sees her in a different light? But that was, went too far, Gina. Too far. <laughs> you started it. I was just thinking that he sees her in a different light. Not that they kiss. God damn it, Gina. (laughs) Whatever, you love me. I do love you, but god damn it. (laughs) Now you're thinking about it too, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, there was also a quote in this article from Nick, and Nick says something along the lines of, he says, you know, these two probably don't talk on a deep emotional level, but they're each other's only sibling. To which I say, in your face, I knew there was no third Halstead. Okay, I've got two points. First of all, I'm still keeping that as my, like, far out there theory that, like, there's one that exists and they just don't know about it yet. Second of all, this literally contradicts what Jesse told us in his meet and greet about how we just don't see it, but they do talk on a deep emotional level. 
on well yeah that's it that's literally true. just contradicts what jesse said well he said something more along the lines of you're not going to see it on pd it's just med is the more relationshipy show but this makes it seem like they don't talk at all about that stuff what nick said so which is it is it do they talk and we just obviously don't see it which is fine i mean i hate that we don't see it which is fine and they're still close or is it they're just not as close as we think they are in general and we're just not going to see them that much? I feel like I like Nick's interpretation of the Halstead brothers better than I do Jesse's because you know how intense Nick is. He thinks about these things. Wait, so then what is Nick saying that they're not that close? I still want to go with it, though, because Nick thinks the same way that we do about like thinking about like the white space and like what happens and everything. Right. So Nick's saying Jesse they're not that actually that close. It makes sense to me you never see them yeah i guess i mean that's fine i just which one is it right right this is the new like who's older debate well i think it's interesting that you know because what nick said you know nick thinks about from everything we heard at con you know, nick clearly thinks about these things and like you said thinks about what's in the white space and for someone to be that kind of actor it kind of surprises me that it from this like these two contradicting opinions you know what nick says in this article and what Jesse told us at his meet and greet, it just makes it just interesting to me that they don't seem to be on the same page. Because for some an actor who clearly takes methods like Nick does, you would think that this was a conversation that the two of them would have had about how they play those characters when they do share scenes. I guess that's the pitfall of said white space, is that it's kind of like the limbo phase in Inception. Have you seen Inception? The movie? Once, but like not that close. Do you remember anything about it? E- kind of. So when you go too far into a dream, you go into limbo. And what happens in limbo is that everybody fills that space with their own subconscious. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's kind of the danger of the white space is that Jesse fills it what he in with what he, he thinks is going on. Nick fills it with what he thinks is going on. Right. And I also think that's probably just the downfall of the fact that these two aren't on. Even though they're in the same universe, they're not on the same show. Right. And that the fact, like you said... Or Jesse said, you know, they only really the relationship stuff comes more on med. And so because mm-hmm. it's not a two way street, Nick kind of gets to play with it, I feel like a little bit more um, rather than Jesse. But like it's just it's just some it's interesting. And that's something I didn't even connect when I read the article. But now that we're having this conversation, it's just like, oh, we heard one yeah. side and now we've heard another side. And now it's just like. Well, which one is it? And why, this is yeah. why we still have so many questions about, you know, Jay and Will and just that entire relationship and that entire family. It's just why there's always going to be so many questions. Yeah. And especially after Con, I am so obsessed now with what happens in that so-called white space. Yes. Everybody's definition Same. is so different. I think about things so much like when as I've been rewatching like old PD episodes, I think constantly about the thing that Leroy said about how he plays a little bit with the idea that like sometimes maybe Kevin thinks about not being a cop. And mm-hmm. I think about that constantly. And like I think about the stuff that, you know, um, both Patty and Marina said about the Burzik or like I like I think about it constantly. 
And that's what excites me about TV is like hearing an actor say things and then being able to go see it in the like how it plays out on television. But yeah, I think about all the things I heard about Khan constantly. Yeah. So just interesting. The whole process of there's that's why TV is so fascinating to me as well is because it's just so much more than just what you see on the screen. Right. And I think that's one of the parts that I like to like, you know, when we've talked about it, you know, like talking to, you know, like the writers and the people behind the scenes, because, you know, while the actors, you know, it they, you know, are the ones who play these characters, you know, they're ultimately saying the words that are on a page that come from all these geniuses minds you know, behind the scenes. So it's always so much, it's interesting to talk to them as well. For sure. For sure. So some other pieces of news we got, we got another round of episode descriptions. So the first one we got, and this is for the episodes airing, what is it? The second week of April. So this is April 10th, April 11th and April 12th. This is like the week right after you come and visit me. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. That's going down soon. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Gina and Brian, take DC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the first one we got is Chicago Med Season 3, Episode 15. And this is called Devil in Disguise. So the description says, Dr. Charles and Dr. Reese search for answers when a mother brings in her daughter claiming she is possessed. Dr. Rhodes and Dr. Becker are tasked with finding a way to save a pair of conjoined twins. Dr. Halstead struggles to get Dr. Manning's attention. And Maggie measures her options in the wake of her recent actions. Dun, dun, dun. I'm not ready for Halstead and Manning to have problems. Yeah, and I bet you, so I bet you this is the episode before Jay comes in. That would make sense. So maybe it is just jay giving will advice about nat maybe i'd have to go back and reread that article to see if it makes it seem like it's a give and take thing or if it's just like a give in terms of jay's side i am going to laugh so hard if jay is like you know well when we were at the blackhawks game that one time she did this (laughs) oh my god that would be the best and then will's just gonna give him like the most awkward stare and be like bro uh uh-uh (laughs) so so, and then maggie's recent actions the hell is she up to well i wonder if that's still i wonder if that storyline's gonna still have stemmed from something that we were gonna talk about in tonight in last night's episode that's true because you know when that dropped i was like holy what did maggie do like why is Mm -hmm. maggie getting sued so i wonder if she retaliates for getting sued once it's not really her fault, and then that has something to do with it. I don't know. That sounds like something Maggie would do. Yeah. So also, you know, casual day when a daughter or a mother brings a daughter in claiming she's possessed. Casual, just patient for Dr. Charles and Dr. Reese. Just a normal Tuesday. Yeah, literally. <laughs> uh, Chicago PD that week is TBA. This just further fuels the fire that we think we're not getting Chicago PD for the month of April. Yeah. Because I feel like if we have the other episode descriptions for that week for Med and Fire, then why don't we have one for PD? Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brenna, go ahead and take us through fire. Yeah. So that same week, so April 12th, 
um, is Fire's episode, season six, episode 18, titled When They See Us Coming. And the episode description is when the FBI takes over Firehouse 51 for an undercover mission, Casey and Severide volunteer to assist with the investigation. Kid attempts to help Severide come to terms with recent developments he's been managing. Recent developments? I don't know. What does that mean? I know. Renee? Or Mama Sev. Oh, yeah. Also, FBI, like, is Aaron popping up in this episode or something? Like, <laughs> is Aaron coming back to Chicago? Like, Aaron just comes in and is like, nobody tell Jay I'm here. Right. Nobody <laughs> tell anybody at PD, even though they're down the block, that I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even though they're literally like down, down the, the block. block. Yeah. Also, why the, like, the FBI on fire? Like, why are they taking over Firehouse 51? Like. That would seems like a, something that would happen on PD, not fire. But who knows? Mm-hmm. Notice how these descriptions don't say who's starring in them. Because usually at the end of the descriptions, we get, you know, so-and-so guest also guest yeah. stars. Nothing. And they've gotten a lot shorter. Like, it used to be an entire yeah. paragraph. Like, you'd at least see, like, a hints of, like, the B storyline and the C storyline. And now there's just, like, okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the, or those are the descriptions for the second week of April. The last bit of news we got, we got another deleted scene out of PD. Yep. It's raining deleted scenes. It's kind of the best thing ever. Yeah. It's literally, it's raining deleted scenes. Hallelujah. It's raining deleted scenes. Yeah. But I must admit, I just put this one in the outline and then didn't get to go back and look at it. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, good. um, So it's from Anthem. And so Platt comes upstairs and she's telling them what she found out about um, this. It's like them finding out about how there was a bet on the basketball game and that I forget their names that the two basketball players um, sat out of because they kneel for the anthem. And so basically um, Kevin's like, well, how did you find out all this? And she's like, well, Mouch and I, you know, we play, you know, basically like ensuing that, you know, we play the books, like, you know, we do a little this gambling <laughs> here and there. And they just kind of give her looks. Like, it's really funny, but that's what it's about. Of course they do. Of course they do. I, she used a funnier phrase, but I can't remember it right now. But yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Oh, that's funny. And we'll post all of these once we post the episode. Uh, we'll post all of the links. We didn't forget last week. I just no, Gina. I was proud that. of you. <laughs> yeah, we didn't forget. So we will post them tomorrow or today. Well, we'll post them when we post the episode. My timeline gets all screwed up. So <laughs> yeah. As always, if you see any news, please send it to us. There's three of us in the group text. No matter what, and there's a whole big internet out there, so we tend to miss things. But yeah, DM, email, tweet, owl. However you want to get it to us is fine. So without that, t- oh, that was a Harry Potter reference, Brina. By the way, uh, uh, that makes more sense. But at first, I was like, "Owl, like what the fuck?" But I, I understand. It's a Harry Potter. I, I got you. Breaks my heart that I have to stop and be like, "That's a Harry Potter reference." <laughs> we need a Harry Potter educate you. Good luck on that. <laughs> You're like, uh, screw that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, without further ado, we can now jump into the episode again. This is Chicago Med Season 3, Episode 12, entitled Born This Way. So, we broke this one down by storyline. I thought this was an 
excellent episode. Bryna, what did you think? Yeah, it was really good. Um, written by our friend of the pod, Chef Dreyer. And hey, Jeff. I'm looking up who else because there was a co-writer. I think it's interesting. Something I want to ask when if we ever get to talk to Jeff again, um, why Med seems to do the most co-writing. Um because no one else, I feel like, does a lot of co-writing, except I feel like every episode of Med, there's a co-writer. Like, there's two of them. Um, which one is, oh, Daniel Sinclair. Maybe because, is Daniel just a writer, or is he, like, a med advisor or something? Maybe they need a medical advisor and a writer. I don't know. Questions I have. Yeah, I know. I know. Hi, Jeff. Yeah. Hi, Jeff. Hope you're well. <laughs> But yeah, I liked how these were, I mean, what, maybe four or five different things going on. And all all of these arcs were so well fleshed out. These storylines were so well thought out and they were well-rounded. It was really good. I thought it was the least, not that med isn't always, I mean, med is always chaotic just because everyone's got something, you know, a different patient going on. But to me, this almost felt like it was the least chaotic episode that we've had on med this season. Like, there was yeah, a lot going on, but like... I didn't feel like, wait, what is happening? Like, like my head was turning. Like, it was like, I could understand it. It was clear. It was, it was very well done. I wonder if that might be because, what, three of the five stories going on were two, actually, I'm sorry, two were outside of the hospital. Because you had Choi and Nat at the homeless camp. Right. And then you had Dr. Charles and Sarah in the psych ward. So some of them were removed from the ED. So I feel well, like it might have been a little easier to like compartmentalize. And you could almost even argue that that's three because you could argue that the Maggie Goodwin storyline technically takes place outside of the ED. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. But it definitely just felt like less chaotic and much easier. Not that it had, not that all the episodes haven't been eventually easy to grasp, but this one I was like, oh, first watch. Like I got it. Like I understood yeah. everything that was going on. So, yeah. Yeah, Definitely well read. Really, really good. So we were able to break this down by storyline. And we will start off with Connor and Ava. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so we're still not over how last week ended with our little hookup. Um, but we, we start the episode and it's the morning after. And it's kind of the walk of shame in Connor's own apartment. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, also, Connor doesn't know how to work his own coffee pot. As a coffee lover, I'm judging so hard. Yeah, I'd understand. I mean, granted, we in our apartment, so I don't drink coffee, but we have a coffee pot because my roommate does. And, like, I don't think I could tell you how to use it. But then again, I'm not the one drinking coffee. So I feel like if you're drinking coffee, you should know how to use your own coffee pot. Connor lives alone, so, yeah. Right. I just, yeah. Um... So Ava comes walking in and, you know, of course, she's just in a bra because. Of course she whatever. is. Of course she is. Uh, she walks in and it's the morning after the end of last week's episode. And this scene is about as awkward as all of us feel. Yeah. Like this is the very first scene of the episode. And I was like, well, this is all going downhill from here. <laughs> like, This is not the way I wanted to start this episode, but we're going with no. it. Yep. Nope. Not good at all. Um, and it was, like, awkward, too. She was, like, uh, he was, like, want some coffee? And she was, like, I usually get some from the cart. And he was, like, oh, good. So do I. 
And then he was like, I have plans tonight, but maybe I could cancel. So you just told Ava that she's just another booty call because you're keeping your plans that you have that night? They're literally so awkward. Like, beyond is, comprehension, yeah. so awkward. This is not a good episode for Connor. No, this is a bad episode for Connor. Yeah. Like, a really bad, bad episode. I did get a little laugh out of the part when Ava walks away and Connor just goes, smooth. That was funny. But their patient comes in and it's a young boy with cystic fibrosis. Um, it's a chronic lung disease. I... I'm not going to try to explain any further. Um, I used to work with a kid who had cystic fibrosis when I way back when like baby Gina worked at Build-A-Bear Workshop. I know. Uh, but yeah, it's like a chronic lung disease. And so Connor is so good with this kid. I will give him that. Yeah, he is. Yeah, this kid is asking him questions like in a kid way, of course. But Connor or the kid's like, you know, it's bad, isn't it? And Connor's so open and honest with him, but also doesn't talk down to him. Yeah, he's able to explain things in a way that makes sense for the kid to comprehend. But also, you know, then can also speak to the parents and have it explain it to them in a way that isn't, you know, talking down or anything like that. Yeah, Connor's really good with this kid. Also, just he's side really note good. real quick, Connor in the ER Yes, yes. I, we are see, hashtag I blessed. Yes, hashtag blessed because we love when Connor's in the ED. For those like I five mean, minutes though, because then he yeah, comes I in mean, the ass, and then uh, he could have stayed in the he could have stayed in the cardiothoracic unit. Like that's all it took. And I didn't realize what a dick he was in this episode until the second watch through. The second time I watched it, I was like, oh god. Yeah, he's a real piece of work. Yeah, because it all goes downhill from from here. So we thought it was going to go downhill with that first scene with Ava. Uh Uh-uh. They waited about five minutes. Then it went downhill. Yeah. So Connor asks for a needle to reinflate his lung. And this is when he and Ava start to disagree on which way to proceed. Because disagreeing in front of your patient and his parents is a totally professional thing to do. Right? Like, if you're going to disagree, at least do it outside the room. Just... It's, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. And so Ava's like, well, that needle's kind of invasive. It's like, hey, just where is your chill? Just calm down. But they end up going with the big needle that Connor wanted to use. Whatever. So we go on and they found a pair of lungs. But the pair of lungs is in Kansas. So Ava's like, that's great. And then they go outside and Connor's like, we need to put him on ECMO. Ava's like, Why? <laughs> So the gist I got from this was that I guess it's to protect his lungs until the new ones arrive. But Ava was worried that it was going to introduce infection. Yes. I just the whole thing about it is that they can't agree on which way to proceed. It's yeah. Even the first time they disagreed, I was like, well, this is infuriating. Yeah. Just just not good. So the kid goes on ECMO, but then his LFTs start to rise, which is just a fancy way of saying that he could be an early liver failure. <sighs> so Ava mentions going off the ECMO because um, that could like reverse the damage. But then Connor tells the parents to keep it. And this is where it starts to get bad for Connor because he's really dismissive of her in this episode. I don't like it. Yeah, I think he forgets. That they're technically right now at the same level. You know, they're both fellows. Granted, 
Connor's been at med longer, and so he might know how med works a little bit better. But they're at the same level, so, like, he can't be bossing her around. Right. Like, it's not, you know, it's not like it's his patient and it's been his patient for the last year or so, and then now she's also on the case. It's like, no, this is a patient who came into the ED, you know, it's both their patients, like, they both have to come to some kind of agreement on what is the right way to proceed. Yeah, and I mean, they do mention early in the episode that Dr. Rhodes has been treating this kid for a while, but I really don't like how Ava gets kind of pushed into the corner as almost like his assistant. Right. Like, her opinions are just as valid as his. Like, like I said, they're at the same level. They're both fellows. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think, not that he and Robin ever worked in the same capacity like that, but he was never like that with Robin, was he? Where he was completely dismissive? No, because he and Robin aren't the same kind, aren't at the same position. Right. I think, no, but I'm just... Because even when, whatever that... What was the first girl he hooked up with? The blonde one, yeah, right? The blonde season one. one. Which she Zanetti. was Yes. She was older a little bit, right? She was higher ranking than he was. I think so. So like he had no choice but to respect her because she was higher ranking. And then with Robin, it didn't matter because they weren't even in the same like sphere of the hospital. And, like, now, though, he's hooking up with someone who is literally the exact same position he is, and he thinks he has more authority over her. And that's not the case. I don't know. It's not. No. Yeah, I... I mean, maybe because the ED is more his turf, but still. But still, you're both... Yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, no, I know. It's just like, oh, Connor. And it's interesting, too, because we've never rooted for Ava until this episode. Mm Mm-mm. I'm still not even really, like, 100% on the Ava Becker, like, fan wagon, but I'm definitely on her side in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Still not a fan of that relationship, but we'll get there. Oh, oh, not a fan. But, yeah, alarm bells start going off, and it turns out that this kid's poor liver function, plus the blood thinners they gave him to go on ECMO have hurt his ability to clot. So this is basically Connor saying, this is what my decision has done to screw up your kid. Yep. It's crazy. So he's about to order a blood transfusion, and in the middle of all these alarm bells going off, Ava stops him and motions to talk to him outside. Because in the middle of this issue, that's a great time to hit the pause button and go confer. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, this is a dicey one. So this is when, I mean, Connor's already starting to be an asshole, but this is when he really becomes an asshole. Mm -hmm. Ava's trying to reason with him, and Ava's like, you're being irresponsible. This is what's happening. He's susceptible to inception. Damn it, infection. (laughs) I haven't even been drinking yet. So (laughs) yet being the operative word. But basically the scene ends and Connor says, you keep pointing out problems. What I need are solutions. So if you don't have any, just get out of my way, okay? Good God. Damn, Connor. Like, eat a Snickers because you suck when you're hungry. Yeah. Not cool. Just, he was just such a complete asshole. And like I said, I don't even like Ava that much, but obviously I was totally on her side this whole time. She didn't deserve that. No. She was presenting a valid alternative. Right. And even if, like, even if Ava was not Ava, like, even if this was Troy or somebody else, like, that's a male counterpart. It's, they still wouldn't have deserved this. 
He would have said that to a male counterpart. I'm trying to think. Right, like, he, if would it was have, Choi, he would have. He would have said it to a male counterpart. But if they were acting the exact same way as Ava was in this situation and saying literally her stuff word for word, they still would not have deserved it. It's not just, oh, she doesn't deserve this because she's a woman. It's no, if anyone with the, you know, the kind of degrees that this person has, you know, said these things, like they wouldn't have been deserved to talk that way, be talked to that way. No, I- you know whose presence is like really lacking in this episode is Latham because they need their referee. Yeah. Although I don't know how much Latham would have been. I don't know that much about how those departments like is CF fall into cardiothoracic. What does C does does um cystic fibrosis? Did you just talk medical to me? Yeah. So does CF? So cystic fibrosis does that? fall into the cardiothoracic department like with i don't think so but when you say cf i think chicago fire (laughs) (laughs) yeah no cf cystic fibrosis (laughs) so i don't know how much latham would have been around i feel like this would have been more um stole like intervening that's true. Well, I'm glad Stoll didn't intervene. If, if I have to choose between Latham or Stoll, I choose Latham oh, or yeah, nobody for every sure. time. But, yeah. Also, while we're on the topic of, you know, medical terms and us being TV doctors in our heads, isn't heparin a blood thinner? I don't know, but I'm going to Google it right now. Because <laughs> that's what Connor gives him, but I'm pretty sure that's a blood thinner. Because isn't that what they gave Serena Williams when she had a blood clot? I don't, I don't know. Hold on. um heparin also known as whatever is a medication which is used as an anticoagulant so it's a blood thinner so yeah anti yeah yeah you also used in small amounts to prevent blood clots so yes so i'm confused so the poor liver function and the blood thinner are it making him clot (laughs) I don't know. I know. I feel like a terrible TV doctor right now. <laughs> no one said I. Yeah, no. I guess that would make sense, though, given what happens with the ECMO machine. Yeah. I don't know. So Ava checks on the boy without roads, and the parents ask if they made the right call. And this is a really good scene for Ava because it's a very she, good scene. She doesn't cover for Connor, but she doesn't undermine him either. No, she does, you know, she does what Connor was doing really well in the beginning, you know, being open and honest with the parents and, you know, speaking with them at a level that they can understand that's not talking down to them. No, this is a very good scene for her. Yeah, really good. And she basically tells the family they did everything out of love. And when you do that, you can't really make the wrong call. And it's a good scene until they cut to Connor outside giving a super judgy face. Yeah, fucking Connor. Also, his hair is, like, super spiky this episode. It's kind of distracting. <laughs> I did not notice that. I noticed that. <laughs> Just because he was getting on my nerves. And when characters get on my nerves, I start to, like, pick on other things for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He had a scene early in the episode where I was like, God, he has beautiful eyes. But then towards the end of the episode, I was like, fuck that. Your hair is spiky. You're mean. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So they're still stumped as to why this kid's organs are failing. But Ava saves the day and she realizes that the problem is with the machine itself. Because of course it is. Because of course it is. But this is something Connor would not have figured out because he's way too stubborn and wrapped up in being right. 
Exactly. Connor's not usually like that, though. I know. I know. I hope this isn't a trend that continues with him. Because Connor is definitely one of my favorite characters on Meg, but I didn't like what I saw last night. No, but he, I mean, he's, he's, he is stubborn and he does get very, like, gung-ho on doing what's right for the patient. Right, but he's never but been he such doesn't... an asshole about it. Exactly, exactly. And he doesn't, yeah, this was borderline out of character for him, I would right. say. Right, I agree with the fact that, you know, he is stubborn and, you know, very, like, gung-ho in his ways, but he's never been such an asshole about it. Right. That's the part that I hope doesn't continue. I I mean, I don't think it would. I wonder why the switch is flipped, though. He hooks up with Ava once, and then he starts talking down to her and being a dick? Maybe he doesn't want to get attached again. Uh, but then he ends the episode being the one who's like, want to go get that drink. I don't know. <laughs> Connor Rhodes, what is happening to you right now? I don't know. Exactly. I know. I know. So Ava finds a clot in the ECMO machine itself. So I guess that that would make sense that he was clot. I don't know. But they get the clot out of the machine is the point. And then they're like, surprise, he can have the lungs. Woohoo. So the lungs arrive and they get into surgery. And Connor is basically like, okay, Ava, you can take the lead. And Ava's like, why? You've been such a jerk all day. Yeah, she's like, why would I want to do that? Yeah, and he's like, because you have smaller hands. I'm like, Connor, you're just, stop. You're not saying the right thing. Just apologize. Just yes. be like, I was wrong. You were right. The end. Yeah, and he's like, you have smaller hands. And she's like, is that it? And he's like, also, because you're an excellent surgeon. I'm sorry that hurt you so badly to say, Rhodes. Jeez. Right, for real. Crazy. So the kid does pull through the surgery because Connor and Ava are still excellent surgeons, even though they're arguing like children. And, you know, they talk to the kid and all that's great and whatever. So they walk outside and Connor's like, all right, well, I canceled my plans. So let's go get that drink. And there's a beat. And then Ava shocks us all. Brenna, what does she say? She says no. And she says, last night was a mistake. Yes. And I was like, well, did not see that coming. And those screams you hear are the entire Chicago Med fandom cheering with joy. No, but I actually saw, it's funny. So I was writing our Twitter handle last night because Gina was working on her teaser post for the two-hour movie. Um, and Go read it if you haven't yet. Yeah, it's on thoughtnerdywithus.com. Shameless plug. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was writing the Twitter handle last night. And you'd be surprised how many people I saw that were totally okay with Connor and Ava and were very disappointed that she said no. Like, I saw a surprising amount. That's not what everybody said last week. Right. I don't know. I definitely saw some people, though, being like, what? Like, what is happening? And not in the what? what is happening, I'm rejoicing way. I liked how she ended it by saying no, but judging by the promo for next week, Connor's still going to pursue it. Yeah. Because Connor can't seem to get the point. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Just like... No, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Didn't we also get a tweet from Jessica S. about this that was pretty good? Uh, I will have to go look right now. Jessica S., who will be joining us for this week's episode of Chicago PD. Yes, I'll go stalk her Twitter. Give me one second. 
<laughs> okay, so I found the tweet from Jessica. It says, she had said, I love that Ava has grown to be more than just Connor's competition. She's still that, but they trust each other more now, makes for a good team. And then I had said, oh, we're definitely going to be talking about this on this week's episode. That's why it ended up in our mentions. They were making a good team until Connor went crazy. Yeah. I think it'll be I think it'll be curious to see how that plays out. Like, is it gonna be more still of a competition? Is it gonna be more of them trying to work together? Is it gonna be more of a competition but Connor's trying to pursue her? Is it more of the team aspect and Connor's still trying to pursue her? I don't know how this goes. Yeah, it's messy. Yeah, real messy. It is messy. So that about sums up Connor and Ava. Um, hopefully Connor gets his shit together. Oh, dear. Jeez. And I love Connor. That's the hard part is I love Connor, but yeah, I didn't like how he acted. Nope. Nope. No. So one of the other storylines we had was with Choi and Natalie. The pairings this week were really good, too. Yeah. I think that, that kind of lent itself to a really solid episode. Agree. The pairings were good. So we got... Ethan and Natalie working together, and they're coming off the night shift and somehow are wide awake still. Wait, you mean don't even know. they don't all work at the same shift every single time? Like, <laughs> because I feel like that's something with medical shows that because obviously it's a cast and like you have to have them interact and stuff, like every single medical show makes it seem that they all work the same shift every single time. So, like, I kind of enjoyed that. Hey, Natalie and Ethan are coming off the night shift. Like, not everybody works the same shift all the time. <laughs> I I mean, that never really crossed my mind because, like... Oh, I think about it every time, all the time. Because it doesn't make sense that you literally get paired up with your boyfriend or girlfriend and your best friends every single shift, every single time, every day. Like, it, do- it no way. So then what happens? They work the night shift and then what, like the next day they work the day shift or like? Well, then so they could get, for example, so they work the night shift. They could have had like two days off until they work like a day shift. Like, I mean, you know, it's just like they can go back and forth and like, you know, but they don't always work the same shift every time. Not necessarily. The night shift. I missed that show. Oh, Gina, stop. <laughs> God damn it. You're going to get me all up in my feels we can talk about linstead if you want oh shit (laughs) anyway so we see natalie talking to a young girl in the parking lot and dr Choi runs to catch up because he recognizes her so the girl's name is deb and she has a homeless friend who is nine months pregnant with a high fever natalie is on a tear this episode like she is in rare form peak natalie manning But it's not like Connor where it's annoying. It's actually quite hilarious. So she begins to go on with one of her like, well, the proper thing to do is like speeches. And she just kind of starts to go with that. Choi is enough of a gentleman to let her finish before he pretty much just looks and says, yeah, we're going. And Nat's like, what? And they go. So as if guilting her into going with him isn't bad enough, he also makes her drive. That's probably why he needs her help is the car. Yeah, probably. So she sends a text to Owen's babysitter via Bluetooth um, and very begrudgingly moves along. You can even hear it in her voice. She's like, text babysitter. <laughs> like, she, you can tell in her voice that she's like, I'm pissed. Yeah. 
Oh, it's so great. But also worth noting, so she says cold pizza is Owen's favorite breakfast. I, I, I have that in common with the two and a half year old. Okay, real quick. I just have to throw this in here. We don't have time for a full conversation about it, but pizza is my favorite food. I could literally eat it for every meal if I had to, but I don't understand cold pizza. Really? I don't understand it. Maybe it's because I'm Italian and we just eat pizza any way we have it, but cold pizza is good. No, pizza is literally my favorite food of all time. Like, I will literally eat it for every meal if I have to, but I can't eat it cold. Wow. I don't understand. That's interesting. You know what other food I can eat cold that always, like, baffles people? Fried rice. I love cold fried rice. I don't understand. That makes no sense to me. (laughs) I don't know. Well, in my 20s, I ate that a lot. I don't know if I – I haven't had it recently. It's just because I'm, I've am i moved on from – You are not in your early 20s anymore. <laughs> you definitely don't have to remind me of that. <laughs> <laughs> Nine o'clock hits and I'm like, time for bed. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, so not only is the pregnant friend's fever 103, but her water also broke two days ago. And if you look really closely, you can almost hear the endless stream of curse words from Natalie's head. Yeah, I I just, okay, I don't want to do the research on this because I feel like I could lead myself into a bunch of dark holes that I didn't want to get into. But I don't understand how it's medically possible for a baby not to have been delivered after 48 hours. Like, I know people can, like, labors can take, like, labor can take a long time. But, like, how did the baby not start crowning or, like, I like I don't understand how after 48 hours the baby has not even become close to being delivered. And now that you bring that up, that's interesting because she delivered naturally, too. It wasn't even a situation where they're, like, I, I wonder if she went to the hospital if they would deliver it via C-section. Probably. But I, I know nothing about babies, um, baby delivery. But, like, it, to me, that just seems like, like my mind is alone my friend had a baby yesterday so babies are on my mind oh uh, yeah yesterday yeah. Tuesday. You told me that. yeah Haley had a baby boy Aww, Yay. congratulations Haley. Haley who doesn't listen to the show but that's okay it's okay um yeah they named him Corbin oh I know I can't wait to meet him okay beside the point <laughs> um anyway but anyway so, so yeah I don't understand how this is medically possible but you know someone knows Send me some tweets. Send me some information on where I should read that won't lead me to a dark hole. I can't wait for Jeff's reply to this. You know Jeff's going to reply. Dear God, please, Jeff, enlighten me. <laughs> I know. I want to know. I'm so curious. I can't help but wonder if Jeff listens and just face palms every time we start talking medical stuff. We try to be TV doctors, but, you know, we try. We're, t- we're TV doctors in our heads, and that's what matters. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. So... Ethan tells the girl that they need to deliver the baby, but of course she refuses to go to a hospital. And so Natalie gets like super, super judgy, super, super fast. And it's great. So Natalie has one of her patented, like, this is a safety issue. And like, she gets on like one of her high horses and she's like, you need to think about your baby. And at this point, I really just want to start a drinking game for every time she says something or she says the words, your baby. We need, we should, we need to. We really need to draft like a, a one Chicago drinking game. Oh my God. We really should. We need to get on that. Yeah. Nobody, we're copywriting this idea. Like nobody steal <laughs> this from us. <laughs> like do a shot after fire department call out. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Do three shots when you hear the Dossie music. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, take a drink when you hear put him in the cage. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> you better find this guy. But yeah, put him in the cage is good. It's, but we don't see that much cage anymore, so... You know. Finish your drink when you hear Peterson. At least call an ambulance. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna get on that as soon as we finish recording this episode. Oh yeah, we're gonna start taking notes. <laughs> so, Choi once again, like, lets her finish, but then he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna deliver here." And again, Natalie's like, "What?" Yeah. Okay. So great. So. The girl's infection is getting worse, and so Ethan asks Natalie to go back to med and get more antibiotics. I'm surprised she came back. (laughs) (laughs) Natalie's not that mean. No, I know, but, like, clearly she disagrees, so I, like, kind of surprised she came back. Like, she walks into the hospital and she's like, Will, you will never believe what Ethan is making me do. (laughs) Yeah. And she's just like, I'm not going back. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's, like, the mean girl's version of Chicago Med. (laughs) So Laura at this point, poor Laura, she's like, I need more drugs. And then you hear Nat go, Laura, what we what you need is to go to the hospital, okay? Oh my god, Natalie, we know. Stop, we know. Stop. And then she goes, she goes, You're putting your baby at risk. To which I say, everybody drink. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Natalie is in peak Natalie tonight. Or last night. She was in peak Natalie. So good. It's so good. So the girls then proceed to educate Natalie and like the dark side of the foster care system. They educate her. Like they tell her everything she needs to know. But Nat is so oblivious to what these girls are saying that even Dr. Choi gives her the side eye. Yeah, no, I think it's, a, I think it was whoever was tweeting over at Talk Nerdy with us. Um, they Somebody had, on Twitter last night had a really good tweet that basically said like the entire theme of the season of Med is to remind us how horrible being in the foster care system is. Because we've had a lot of storylines that kind of revolve around kids and maybe they came from the foster care system or are going to end up going to the foster care system because of whatever put them in the hospital. Um, And so, which is true. Uh, But yeah, they... We have? Yeah. There's been a lot. Um, But, and especially just the whole thing with like Ethan's sister story. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I actually really thought like at first that like, when they brought them to this homeless um, part of the bridge or wherever they were, um, that it was going to be Choi's sister who was going to be the patient. I really thought that for a second. Um, Oh my God. That was going to be some seventh heaven shit with like the brother having to deliver the sister's baby. uh, Yeah. No kidding. That piece of literally real seventh heaven shit. You watched seventh heaven? Oh, I was obsessed. All right. Just checking. Yeah. No, I can speak seventh heaven speak all 11 seasons of seventh heaven but um yeah so it's just it was just a, you know and i think that's a good point but yeah they really educated natalie on that part but she doesn't care or she cares but like she's just so oblivious i did not realize how like me 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 natalie is until this episode yeah like yeah so natalie goes back to the hospital she runs into will completely blows him off even though will is having like his worst day ever Mm -hmm. but more about that later um she gets back and laura's already pushing so the shoulders get stuck and so natalie has to do an episiotomy to help get the baby out if you don't know what that is google it we're not going to educate you here i don't know what that is so but i don't want to look so nope 
just I do don't just don't um, um, I do. That, that is a non-podcast conversation oh god <laughs> so so that happens and it's a girl and it's a, it's a healthy baby girl and that's all fine and well so when you know what when Nat does the episiotomy though um Choi turns to one of the friends and is like call an ambulance and the girl's like I'm not calling an ambulance and he's like I don't give a shit call an ambulance we go back to them and it's nighttime now and there's still no ambulance. So what happened? I don't know. That's a great point. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it was like it's nighttime now unless the sun set very quickly. Where is it? Also, at this point now, it's probably been more like instead of 48 hours, it's probably been more like, you know, 60 hours mm-hmm. by the time the baby actually gets delivered. So, you know. Yeah, you know. And never mind, there's like, a shit ton of steam coming off of all of them. So it's got to be like hella cold out. Yeah. And they're still just like, we can totally deliver this baby in the cold. No, no, you shouldn't have. But you did. <laughs> but you did. I mean, granted, if Dr. Choi is the one saying that that can be done, I'm going to trust him. Right. Especially with his um, military experience. Um Yeah, that too. But yeah, at this point, though, like with an ambulance not showing up, like this is where you literally pull out your cell phone. You know two people who drive ambulances. Actually, probably more than that because you work in the hospital. But you know two very prominent Anvo drivers. Like, this is where you call them and be like, yo, get your ass down here. Like, we need somebody. Like, now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So now that it's nighttime and the Sambo's still not there, um, you know, the girl's really happy with the baby and everything, but then Choi and Nat are both like, we've got to take you to the hospital. And so this is a really heart-wrenching scene because the girl realizes, she's like, no, this baby is too good for foster care. Take the baby without me. And so even in this really tender moment, Nat finds a way to be like borderline judgy. And she's like, this is your baby. <laughs> Everybody take a drink. Oh my God, Natalie, like... Calm yourself. I feel like we all have that down now. Like the way she always says that. She's like, this is your baby. (laughs) Really though, I can hear Tori saying that in my head. I love Tori. I know. But man, Natalie just like, Natalie. Oh, Natalie. I know. Um, And even Dr. Troy's like, you don't have to do this. But she decides, you know, to give the baby up for adoption. And so she hands the baby off to Natalie. And that's that. Now, The other thing I'm thinking here is that, okay, it's freezing cold out. Nat just did an episiotomy, and they're going to leave this girl in this homeless encampment on the streets. Surely they stitched her up, right? Surely they did. Oh, they I'm sure they did. Okay. Just because I'm like, she just gave birth, and they're going to leave her in the freezing cold on this sidewalk. But, okay. They had to stitch her up. Yeah. That's... Anyway, so they get back to the hospital and, you know, Choi has the baby and Natalie's like, she surprised me. Like, not even I could have done what she did. No shit, Natalie. No shit. <laughs> if they tried to take Owen from Natalie, she'd be like, that is my baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. That's so horrible. And I can't stop from laughing. But it's so true. I, I mean, Natalie doesn't usually make me so like crazy she didn't even make me crazy this episode but man she was peak natalie manning it's just so predictable with her yeah yeah like you know exactly how she's gonna react to a situation where she doesn't agree with what's like going on and how it's being handled like she's just so predictable 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she is, unfortunately. Um, should we talk about... Yeah, we should talk about how she ended off with Will, like, when we talk about Will, right? Yeah, let's leave it for Will. Okay. Let's scoot Will up, because we've got Sarah and Dr. Charles in the outline, but I think we should talk about Will first. What do you think? Yeah, let's talk about Will first. Okay. Bryna, take it away. Okay. So, yeah, we literally titled this Will and, uh, yeah, that guy. Um, so... Uh, a Mr. Thomas comes in after he passed out at work and, you know, he's lost weight recently and he's literally been coughing up blood for, like, almost a month. Like, you didn't come in before now, dude, but anyway. So, Will and April, because they're the ones who are working together, you know, they talk outside and they're like, we're pretty sure he's cancer, but, you know, we've got to do some tests. So, they do some tests and whatever and Will, it's confirmed that it's cancer, and Will breaks the news, but Mr. Thomas, you know, he quickly refuses treatment. Like, he almost knew that this was coming. Um, and so Will's like, well, why do you want to do that? And things start to escalate rather quickly. Um, <laughs> and he's like, uh, because I've made it 56 years without molesting a child and I can't stand it anymore. And this is while where we're like, wait, what did you just say? And then he says, like, these famous words, I'm a pedophile and I want to die. Plot twist of the century. Like, the whole episode hit the pause button at this moment. Like, when he says, he's like, I've made it 56 years without molesting a child and I can't stand it anymore. Like, record scratch, freeze frame. Even Will is like, what? Yeah, like, literally just everyone on Twitter last night. It was literally just like, what? Wait, what just happened? What? Huh? Huh? Like, everyone's just, like, so confused. It was just, like, a whole stream of, like, confused tweets. It was great. But, yeah. And, like, the the faces that Will and April give each other. It's so great. Yeah, just plot twist of the century right there. Oh, my God. You know what was funny was that – so when this aired, we got to see this episode early, but I was working on my Chicago Fire post, as we were talking about earlier. Now, I had my earphones on, but – or I had my headphones on. My mom was watching the episode for the first time. So while this is happening and while I'm watching this episode, my mom's reacting to everything that's happening <laughs> on Med. So out of the corner of my eye, I can see her be like, oh, my God, that's crazy. I'm like, yeah, calm down. Like, yeah, it gets crazier. It gets, oh, yeah, just keep waiting. Um, so, yeah, so Will is completely unfazed by this, uh, surprisingly. And so, you know, he waits while Psych, which is really just ends up being Sarah – um, declares him, ends up declaring him incompetent. And April doesn't get it. But Sarah won't declare him because she doesn't know that much about pedophilia. And Will just gives her this, like, sassy remark. Like, he's like, well, she's dying, so you better learn fast. She's like, that would be an asshole remark if we didn't have Connor being a huge asshole in this episode. Right, like, in this case, it's just sassy. Because you <laughs> compare it to Connor, and Connor's ten times worse. If Connor said that, it would be like, that's rude. But Will says it, and it's like, Will, you're so cute when you're angry. Yeah, kind of. Which is such a double <laughs> standard, but. I know. Um, so Sarah talks to Dr. Charles about it, and he ends up putting it in, you know, an understandable light. Um, As Dr. Charles always does. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you can't change the hardware, but the software is a different story. And so if you end up, like, kind of seeing it from his perspective, it's actually, like, ends up being, like, a completely rational decision. Um, But, yeah, I thought it was really interesting, and I'm really glad that, I mean, granted, it could have come from Sarah, and I would have been fine with the discussion either way, but I'm really glad that the med writers ended up putting in that discussion because I think it would have been just so easy to be like, well, yeah, he's a pedophile. Like, of course he deserves to die. 
And, like, Mm -hmm. for them to have, like, be like, oh, well, there's a couple different ways to come about how you got to this end point of this guy being like, hey, I want to die because I'm a pedophile. Like, I'm really glad that they kind of put all those different reasonings and points and things in there. I think it really made for a really good storyline in the end. Yeah, the way they looked at the hardwiring of the brain in this episode, not just in this case, but with Sarah and Dr. Charles, which we'll talk about in a minute, the way they just were able to like look at the hardwiring of the brain and be like, that's why that person is this way. That was really interesting. Yeah, because it's something you don't like as, you know, someone who's not in the medical field at all and not even close. Um, you know, it's something that you don't think about. You're just kind of like, oh, well, you know, like, obviously someone can be born this way. And, you know, like, it's not this guy's fault that he's a pedophile. You know, it's just kind of the way he was born. But I think that for them to explain the, like, science behind it and, like, with the way the brain works, like, I thought that was a really interesting part of the episode. Probably one of my favorite parts of the episode. Yeah, same. And there's also another flip side to this that they could always tell as a story. You know, if you see somebody's hardwiring and immediately assume that they're going to be a certain way, but they're not. I mean, how do you approach that? Right. Like, what does the brain scan look like that says, oh, this guy has the makings to be a pedophile and that isn't? That'd be all, that could also be really interesting. Yeah. So the, the way they talked about that was really interesting. And it just kind of shed a light on something that most people don't think about, like you said. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so then all of a sudden there's these alarms start beeping and it turns out that, you know, there's a combination of food and his tumor ends up destructing this guy's airway. And so Will's like, I'm going to do something about it. And April's like, well, what about his DNR? And Will's like, I'm not tubing him. I'm just clearing the obstruction. And I was like, dear god not season one again no 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 will don't do this like this is the biggest like don't like yelling at the tv moment ever like will stop don't do this yeah this was where you know how the connor storyline had like one thing and it all started to go downhill this is when things started to like it seemed like it was going downhill and i was like please god not again please don't do this again haven't you learned anything from season one right yeah, and well, didn't he have a moment like that where he almost did something similar in season two? I'm sure he did. Yeah, like, I feel like this is, like, an, we're going to hit this moment every season now for Will, but I was like, dear God, not again. Please don't do this. No. But I will say this ended really well. Yeah. Um. So, let's see. So then Sarah tells Will, you know, she can't put him on a hold, but, you know, could attempt to reason with a guy. And April says, you know, she's like, why are you fighting so hard for this guy? And Will's like, you know, because it's not my job to judge him. Which I think, okay, you know how I always say when he told Jay, he's like, this girl doesn't want to be saved. That's like the smartest thing he ever said. I feel like this might take that title. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's interesting. Like, he's come such a long way from Mm -hmm. season one, even when he gets introduced in PD, you know, just the kind of doctor he was and, you know, from even, but like, right as he comes to Chicago and he's just, you know, he's come such a long way. And I think that is, you know, that is part of the job of being a doctor. Like, you can't judge people before they come in the hospital. Like, you can't judge them on what happens outside the hospital wing. Right. So, yeah. This storyline does a really good job of showing how far Willis come, like you said. Yeah. So then, Gina, why don't you talk a little bit about how it wraps up? So... The, um, yeah, so he, you know, he says it's not my job to judge him. And so it ends up with, you know, he starts to crash again and he is just like 
throwing up buckets of blood. It's so not gruesome, gruesome. Like I would rank other things more like squeamish and gross ahead of that. But there's a lot of blood. I'll just put it that way. And so, um, yeah. And so Will's like, okay, well, his blood vessels are rupturing. We need to cauterize the vessels. And so the patient's like, no, please don't do this. And Will's like, I don't have a choice. And he says, yes, you do. So he sends April into trauma three to grab something else that he needs. And while this happens is when Will just kind of decides to let him go as he wishes. Um, Well, even before that, though, Sarah tries to reason with him and it's just not happening. And so finally, when this happens, when his blood vessels start to rupture, he sends April out of the room and he just grabs his hand and holds it and just says it won't be long. This might be my very favorite Will Halstead scene ever. It might be my favorite med scene ever. It's a really great moment for Will. It's a very just poignant moment altogether. Yeah. Yeah. And it just shows that like, I don't know. He's not at, well, I don't think he wears his emotions on his sleeve as much as other characters in this universe, but we got to see a little glimpse of it there. I'd agree with that. Yeah, it was just a really, really good moment. Just the way he grabbed his hand was just really sensitive and nice and just like, and just how he said, he's like, you know, it won't be long. And then he passed and April came back in and her face was like, oh my God, what happened? Um, And Will just pronounced him and walked out. Yeah. It was a really, really, that probably is my favorite Will Halston scene ever. Yeah. And then Natalie comes in. Oh boy. Okay, so they're wrapping everything up and, you know, this is when... The episode itself is wrapping up. So like Choi and Natalie have come back with the baby and Natalie's. Yeah. So Natalie's back. April's talking to Ethan and or Natalie comes in. And, you know, when Natalie was talking to Will earlier in the episode, she was like, I'm not happy about what I'm doing, but I'm here and don't ask. And Will's like, don't ask. All right, whatever. So she comes back in and she comes right up to Will. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry about earlier. That's not which like how she sounded, but she's like, I'm really sorry about earlier. I've had the most awful but incredible day. She's and like, let she, me like, tell you about the- it. And then, meanwhile, you can totally tell Will is watching. Like Will is watching them take this guy to the morgue, like over her shoulder, and he's he's totally rattled by this because of course he is. He's Will, like you know, um, and so, uh, yeah, and so she's like, let me tell you about my day, and that, and Will's just like, I'm not really in the mood to talk right now. Yeah, he's like, I'll talk to you later. And Natalie's, like, standing there like, what the fuck? Like, why did you just walk away from me? Like, if she would have taken two seconds to maybe, like, turn around, she would have realized that something was up. Right. I mean. She's not Will very receptive to her surroundings. She really isn't. And to see She's how very... other people are reacting around her. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize how almost selfish she is until now although is she always that selfish am I just blind to it I don't know if she's always been that selfish but definitely I'd say you could argue season three she has been or not even I don't know if selfish the right word but like she is so set in her ways Mm -hmm. and that like when that doesn't go the way she is she just kind of like pushes everything else that is happening around her to the side until she like feels comfortable again about her ways and her approach to things. So I don't know if you'd call that selfish necessarily, but like she's very self-centered. Yeah. Bingo. That's a better way to put it. That's a better way to put it. And it got me wondering today too. I was like, well, 
I mean, surely she knows about the history with his mom, right? I mean, I would assume so, especially after season one. And if Will hasn't told her, maybe Jay told her at the Blackhawks game. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I would assume so, especially just after everything Will went through in season one. Like, even though they weren't together, like, I'm sure everyone kind of heard about it through the grapevine. So if not, then like, Will, this is like, you got to tell her. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I felt bad for Will. Like. Yeah, wanted to hug him, for sure. Ugh. So, yeah, that was uh, Nanny and Choi. Oh, we should also touch on uh, April and Choi in this little segment, shouldn't we, about the sister? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really small. It's just two scenes. But uh, at the beginning of the episode, April asks if Choi is going to reach out to his sister and Choi's just like, ah, I don't think so. I think I'm good. At the end of the episode, we see Choi change his mind and he goes to visit his sister. Okay. And that's how the episode ends. I thought his sister was homeless. I thought she had a drug problem. Or maybe she was homeless at one point. Because I was very surprised when she, that like, Choi rolls up to a house and she looks fine, you know, but she definitely had a drug problem, but I also could have sworn she was homeless. But maybe it was just at one point she was homeless. Hmm. But anyway, I'm curious to see how that plays in next week or in the future. Same. And like, what if the sister doesn't like April? Eh, probably not. Yikes. Yikes. Goodness. Okay, so yeah, that's that's the uh, Manning and Choi storyline. Brenda, will you take us through Dr. Charles and Dr. Reese? E- yes. I'd rather talk about Goodwin and... Maggie, though, because I don't remember totally the Sarah, Dr. Charles at the end, but okay. I'd rather talk Go, about. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Um, yeah. So we're going to switch actually to Maggie and Goodwin. So in the beginning of the episode, there's a lawyer man who we can't stand. Is it always the same guy? It's always the same guy, right? It's always the same guy. And I think his name is Joey, but I, I, I really just don't even want to learn his name at this no. point. Anyway, lawyer man who we can't stand shows Goodwin a lawsuit from a guy who claims he was passed over for an ambulance in favor of an insured patient. And so he ends up losing his leg because he didn't get the proper care he wants and blah, 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 blah. And Goodwin's like, well, why would that happen? Like, we never said anything like that. And she's like, well, and the guy's like, well, we got it here in this deposition that, you know, this Maggie person said that, you know, that's what the ambulance drivers and stuff should do. And Goodwin's like, well, let me look into it. Like, give me, like, two days. Like, let me look into it. So Maggie, of course, has no idea what's going on. And, you know, she's like, I never said that. Like, I promise you, Sharon. Like, that's not me. And so she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, of course. Like, I believe you. But we, like, still got to get to the bottom of this. Because, like, we can't be handled getting sued over here. So they end up going to this pizza lounge thing that Maggie had set up in earlier episodes and so they find they end up finding the guy who was like supposed to be on that call or whatever and he's hanging out in the lounge so they go talk to him about it he's like yeah like you know isn't that what this pizza room is you know like it's kind of a bribe like you guys are supposed to be you know you're bribing us with pizza and this like nice flat screen tv or whatever and like we guys bring you the better patients so that you can get more paid so then they're like, well, that's not actually the point of this room, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
And so at the end, it ends Maggie and Taryn are like, okay, well, like, we're just going to get rid of the room. Like, you know, like, we don't need it. Like, it's not that important to us. But then the lawyer guy comes in and is like, oh, yeah, by the way, the hospital board doesn't want you to get rid of the room. Like, we like having this as an incentive. But, like, and Maggie's like, well, wait. Like, make up your mind. Like, what is going on? Like, do you want us to get sued or do you want us to get rid of the hospital um, the lounge and they're like well no you got to keep the lounge still and yeah that's pretty much the storyline in summed up very nicely but it's like the hospital needs to literally make up its freaking mind like do they want to get sued and lose a ton of money or do they want to lose a little bit money up front by not getting all the good patients I guess they're trying to show that it's a balancing act well they're trying to show I feel like how much the that the medical system is a business how yep. like every aspect of it is about business, true, and how or how it's evolved into being more of a business than it is about patient care. Yeah, and I hear that's something the resident tackles quite a bit. Uh, I gave up on the resident after the pilot, but I've heard that that's something. Never got around. It's to the it. one with Matt. Zucre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I never got around to it though. Hashtag Team Logan for life. Yeah. But there were also a couple funny moments, though, through this. I loved when they went into the pizza room to confront the medic. And Maggie introduces the guy to Goodwin. And she's like, you should stand now. Like, that was funny. And then when, uh, before that, when Maggie was like, yeah, this is the medic. And she's like, introduce me to him when you get the chance. Like, I want to meet him. And Maggie goes, yeah, if I don't kill him first. Oh, yeah. So great. So great. And Jessica also tweeted us and said she's still holding out hope for Maggie and Atwater. Yes. Hashtag give Atwater a love interest 2018. Yeah. We are on board that ship. We can definitely. I can definitely get on board with that. I literally at this point just want Maggie and Atwater to both find love interests that are like stable. Well, really, Maggie needs to be stable. Atwater just needs one plain and simple. So. I think Maggie and Atwater would be really good together. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody make that happen. Yes. Yes. Make that happen. Goodness. So lastly, we've got Dr. Charles and Dr. Reese. And we're basically still talking about the issue with her father. So Sarah's father is back. Dr. Charles still can't say a word, which is just Ugh. Oh my god, when she finds out that he knew the whole time. Yeah, and he's gonna be like, well, it's HIPAA. And it's gonna be like, well, fuck that. I mean, you know, he's technically correct, but I mean, oh, she's gonna be so hurt. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, Dr. Charles confirms with Dr. Rhodes that, you know, Robert Haywood, Sarah's father, he's scheduled for a thoracic PET scan. So he asks Rhodes to add a head scan to it just to be, you know, safe, quote unquote. So he has Dr. Abrams look at the scan and oh my God, Dr. Abrams is so funny. He's so funny. So he's like, is this one of your prison patients? And Dr. Charles is like, yeah, no. And so he's like, well, he's a criminal, right? And he's like, no. And so he looks at the scan and he's like, this guy's a psychopath. And so he goes, the best thing you can do for your patient is put a pillow over his head. Why is that so funny? I don't know, but it is really funny. Like, if Will or Connor says that, I'm like, how dare you? But with Abrams, I'm like, that's fucking funny. It's because it's just the way he always is. 
he's like super dry into the point. Yeah, yeah, but it's really funny. Oh my god! So Doctor Charles sits Haywood down, and like this is really blunt and to the point of Doctor Charles. You don't usually see him do this, but he sits Haywood down, and he's like, "So you're a psychopath?" <laughs> and Haywood's like, "Uh, sure, so, we'll go with that." Yeah. So Doctor Charles is basically like, "You should be honest with Sarah." That's the gist of the conversation. Is like, be honest, with Sarah. Yeah. Even though he point blank is like, "You're a psychopath." Um. And so the episode ends with, you know, Sarah's really upset because she's like, I just found out that my father has heart failure and like this really severe heart disease. And, you know, but he wasn't going to tell me because he didn't want to give me any issues. And that's just so selfless of him. And Dr. Charles is like, are you sure he didn't tell you anything else? And she's like, no, why? And he's like, "Uh, no reason. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a dicey. They're building up to a very dicey end to the storyline yeah i'm just like i'm curious to see like when season three is done just being able to look at sarah's arc for the entire season it'll be a really interesting path to see like where she ends up at the end of all this she's had a really rough season three she's had a really rough season three yeah poor girl oof Yeah, so we will see Noah next week, though, so that's good. Maybe he'll be there to, like, help Sarah get her mind off things. Yeah. Noah, come back. Lighten up the mood. Something, please. Run that marathon, baby. (laughs) Run that marathon. (laughs) Yeah, inch up to, like, mile 13, 14 now. Like, come on. Like. (laughs) You got this. We believe in you, Noah. (laughs) Oh. That's funny. But, yeah, that's about all we've got for this episode. Brenna, did you have any other notes? No, just, I mean, like we said before, it was a really solid episode. We did get an email about this from, I think, a listener named Erin. And I'm trying to pull up the email now because, in all honesty, we've got about seven minutes till PD. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, pull up that email. I can probably pull it up quicker. I'm almost there. Okay. Boom. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, Erin sent us her thoughts on the episode and, you know, she said Reese needs to get all the details on her dad. I hope that Dr. Charles does end up telling her that all the information that he knows about him. I have a feeling that she's the character leaving this season. What? You know, that's funny. That Well, because remember how they said a major female character was leaving? But I thought that was like in those couple, like within those like two or three episodes after that air or after that article dropped. And so then I just assumed that it was Robin. Same. Yeah, I started to lose track of that. I was like, it's got to be Robin. Like, that's probably what they meant. That's what I thought they were talking about. So I just like, yeah, brush that off. Yeah, I, I think we're past that. I say that now. Yeah, we say that, but... Yeah, you know, we <laughs> they never, you know, we never know. We just think we do. Yeah. But yeah, that's about all we've got for tonight. So as always, if you love the show, which we really, really hope you do, and if you've made it to now, the end of the episode, we presume you do, please write us a review on iTunes. Please, please, please. We would appreciate it very, very much. Follow us on social media. We are everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. We are meet us at Molly's right across the board. Send us an email anytime about anything. It is meetusatmollys at gmail.com. Also, follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV, Bryna. I am at Bryna K13. 
Ashley is at Ashnick095, and that's Nick N-I-C. There is no K. We miss her so much. Yes. So, so much. And otherwise, we will see you guys for PD, and then we'll see you on Monday for the two-hour movie event. Yes. Crazy. But yeah, everybody have a good rest of the week, and we will see you then. Bye.